Hey beautiful, you are listening to the Africana Woman Podcast. I am your host, Chulu. Every week I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation, and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie, it may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. This episode is brought to you by the Africana Women Visionaries. This is the premier network for female entrepreneurs of African descent. You can learn more about the visionaries and how you can be a part of this amazing group of women by visiting at Africana Woman on Instagram or Facebook. I am a big supporter of seeking professional help for your mental health. In many of our communities, doing so could be frowned upon and seen as an act that can bring shame on your family. This means that we may know that we need to find help, yet we have no one to ask for guidance on how to go about finding that help, you know. So how how do I know whether I should see a psychologist, a therapist, a counselor, you know. Um, we ask questions like, what should I expect when I go into these sessions or how long should I be in therapy? All of these questions will be answered in this episode and it's called Therapy to Do or Not to Do with Yuna. Yuna is an integrative counselor or therapist and the host of Emotional and Mental Justice with Yuna YouTube channel. She believes emotional and mental justice is something we should all seek and need. It is at the core of our sanity. It is central to the things that help us function and live a healthy, balanced life. It is also something that can be very difficult to attain without the right tools. She works with people on acknowledging their trials and tribulations, to understand their own situations and how they have come to be the person they are today, whilst being empowered to not suffer in silence. Again, I know that many of us fear the unknown. So listen to this discussion and then make an informed decision whether... Seeking professional help, either for you or your loved ones, is something that you want to pursue. I am Yuna. So I am a therapist, um, a podcaster, motivational speaker. I'm all about bringing people together in terms of emotional and mental well-being. Um, I like to just talk about things because I think talking is healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so where did this all start from for you? Pardon? I said, where did it all start from? Like, why are you interested in therapy and um, healing and yeah. having talking healing method? So I guess it goes back to my own trials and tribulations, I guess, from childhood. Um, I came to the UK from Zambia at a very young age, a tender young age of 10, um, and I faced my own trials and 
pain and things like that that was I never spoke about um, and I only realized in in adulthood that these things actually had affected the person that I was and the person that I had become and um, I guess I didn't want anybody or I don't like the idea that anybody goes through things and you know not having anybody to talk to about them and sometimes you have people to talk to but it's not necessarily um, a time in your life where you feel like you can open up or when you're ready to open up so um, yeah and I just started to realize that talking actually is a helpful thing so I started talking and then I wanted to help people Cool. So, I mean, when you go back to your childhood, um, you said you came when you were 10 years old. That means, um, you know, and you came from Zambia, so you, you grew up in a, an African, you know, type of culture. But um, as you were going through the trials and tribulations, um, did you feel that there was nobody that you could talk to or what was that um what was the the environment like i guess it's not like i felt there was no one i could talk to it was just a traumatic time um yeah it was it wasn't a matter of is there somebody i can talk to is there not and i guess the people around me that i was with at the time were going through their own traumas and their own trials and it wasn't a thing that we would sit and talk about um and I guess growing up, it was never like, we never grew up like, let's sit and talk about our issues, our problems, um, that kind of thing. Um, I've had a very supportive family, but it, it was never a thing to sit and talk about emotions. Mm-hmm. So is there anything you can share with us that um, you noticed that, you know, derived from your childhood and was affecting you in your adulthood? Um, I'll go straight to trust actually um because when people think about trust a lot of the times it's around let's say relationships a a partner a romantic partner but what my trust doesn't doesn't stem from that i would say um i had questions initially as to why at that young age i ended up here um Mm -hmm. as opposed to others um, I knew that it was for a good reason. Um, however, there were still questions around why. Um, further to that, I came from a place where, let's say in Zambia, I was... The reason we never even talked about emotions is because it never came up. There was no need to talk about emotions. I was a happy, young, loving child. However, ha- after moving away, everything changed. So I went to this land that's supposed to be a land paved with gold and everything else, but then it turned out that things were not as they would be. This was in the 90s and I came here and the amount of racism I faced was crazy. Um, mm. I lived, I was the only black person in my school. There was also an Asian person. There was two Asian people that I made friends with and then there was um, a black guy who had been just leaving the school in a different year, uh, year above. Mm-hmm. And, um, that in itself, I was in the minority minority. Um, I lived in a very racist area. We lived in an estate where there was no black people. We would have um, things thrown at our windows. We would be told, N-word, get out of here, go back to where you came from. There was no help and there was no support. Um, so it was a trust, a trust thing of the people that loved and that I had, my support system, where were they then? Or why have they allowed me to be in this 
in this situation and it wasn't them to blame it was more um they didn't realize what would happen either there was nobody to blame however it was very much i feel like i'm a child and i should be protected and i'm not protected and i'm going through these things um and why am i going through these things so it was just very much trusting and also my teachers at the time would um i got suspended from school countless times because of being a troublemaker and being a fighter when actually there was no questions asked to find out if why am i fighting i was fighting back because i got beaten up on the way to school beaten up on the way back from school and it was trying to defend myself and i was the person that was the troublemaker so things like that it was trusted there was no authorities i could trust at the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean you know when this say an incident happens like things are thrown at your window at your home window and things like that how would your family explain that to you Yeah it, we didn't have we didn't have that we didn't have the the sit and talk with the explanation it's just what it was I think the the person I was living with at the time was also trying to just deal with it because we had um it was my sister I had come to the UK with my sister and we were both just dealing with day by day foot in front of the other um so there was no talking there was no sitting and talking about it mm, mm, okay so how did this manifest because you said you went to you go straight to trust so how is it man, how did it manifest in your adulthood um just not believing anyone can truly care um not believing anyone would ever have my best interests at heart um what else i would say just being very cautious of relationships and i don't even mean romantic relationships relationships with anybody and um mm. i guess feeling unworthy and feeling not good enough because there was a time in my life where i needed to i felt that i needed to change things about myself um mm. because i needed to fit in oh yeah in order to fit in to those you know expectation what did you change about yourself to survive i felt like i needed to fit into certain things there would be just the things like the hair for example i'd need to have my hair a certain way i'd need to have extensions i'd need to try and i never tried um like being lighter instead of in terms of like um bleaching skin and stuff like that but there was times when i did contemplate it i felt like do i need to be a lighter skin and i thought no i don't need to be lighter skin in order to fit in i'll never be white anyway because everybody around me was white um mm. so uh, there were things that you know i had to fight emotionally mm-hmm. yeah so tell us a little bit about your journey in overcoming this so when you found therapy how did you come across it so with therapy um it just came a time in my life when when i mean i have always been the person that friends talk to about things that i'm always the helper or the person that has the good advice and things like that so um there's just a time that i was sitting down thinking you know i want to do more i want to do more of this um and how can i do more of this and i don't know why or how but the counseling thing um and therapy came into mind and i was like okay you know what this is something i might look into look into that um but still by that point i wasn't truly fully in belief of of the effects of counseling and how they can help especially i think coming from a family or a background where um counseling is a bit of a taboo topic like you know counseling how's that going to help you just talking to somebody talking to a stranger um mm. but it's something in me just said you know what look into it so i looked into it and i started it and i faced my own struggles because 
um, I am the only person in, in my training that had nine therapists. Um, yes. And with, with those nine therapists, I was, I know now that it's just because I wasn't ready. Um, and there are some things I wanted to talk about, actually, in terms of being ready for therapy and seeking out therapy when you're ready, when you're not. But, um, yeah, I just clearly wasn't ready because I would either not want to talk about something or I was running away from it. But at the time, I just thought, oh, this is not working out. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, tell us about being ready for therapy. Okay. What would you say about so we've been ready for therapy. I mean, obviously, um, you know, when I talk, I can talk forever. So I, I did put a few bullet points down of things I want to touch on so I don't actually um, miss out some of the important things. So in terms of, like, seeking therapy, there's some pros and some cons to it, obviously. But I would always say, um, and I mean, at this stage, I fully believe in therapy. And I don't think that I'm biased when I say therapy is a must-have for everybody because we're all going through things that we don't realize we're going through um and then things come out when you go to therapy so i have down a few like pros and cons um and i think with seeking therapy and being ready for therapy sometimes you don't have to be ready for therapy um because it could be a recommendation it could be somebody has said you know go to therapy i think it'll help you when you go there and you're not ready and then boom surprise good things come out of it but i think if you're going to go to therapy and have the opportunity to actually be ready and prepare for it I think it's just very important to go to go there with an open mind and go there ready absolutely ready to just conquer and to, to tune out that noise mm. but how do you say someone would uh, be ready like what does that actually mean what does that look like I think when you I, being ready for therapy, I think because a lot of people haven't been to therapy and don't actually know what therapy entails, apart from the fact that you're talking to somebody. Um, yeah. It's more about you might not know you're ready, but there's a point where you, in okay. your life where you, you come and say, you know what, I don't want this life anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want these feelings anymore. But then, you know, it's, it's sticking to it and actually mm. following through to make sure you're going through something that you're going to work on and I look at therapy as a love affair with yourself because I feel like mm. when you um when you work on yourself it's hard it's difficult it's trying but w when you finally get there you realize that you love yourself more you cherish yourself you adore the things that you've been through because they've made you who you are and you're willing to break through them um so mm. I was talking about um I had said I wrote a few things down so um I was saying that not everybody not everybody's ready for therapy, and but when you do go, and if you do go, it's important to be intentional about what mm. you're going for. So if you have the chance and opportunity to prepare, to think about what do I want out of this therapy? And it's very important to tune out noise, because I found for me a lot of the noise was, oh, what's therapy going to do for you? Oh, you're going to talk to a stranger. Oh, you're this and that. And I had to feel, I had to um, hide going to therapy um, to begin with, um, even though I knew it was part of a course that I was doing um i didn't speak about it it's not that i was hiding it but i didn't feel that i could speak about going to therapy um and if i ever did mm -hmm. oh, really what did you talk about what, what do they do and it's like this is your personal stuff you know um so i think being ready is just knowing that you're not happy in the place that you want to be and who can you where can you go who can you talk to mm, okay so i guess the next question especially for people that haven't been to therapy is what should they expect when they go into therapy what 
what does that look like? Oh my goodness, therapy, what does it look like? I mean, no therapy is ever um, the same for anybody. But I just yeah. think, be prepared for tears, be prepared for things that might shock you, things that you never realized you were going for. So you might come with a presenting issue that is actually just that me and my grandma can't get along. And then you find out all the reasons why you and your grandma can't get along is because of all the things that were placed upon you as a child and all the things your mother put you through and all the relationships that you've had with men that your grandma hasn't approved of, et cetera, et cetera. So your whole life might come out. So just expect that, expect to be trialed, tried and pushed as well, because if you have a good therapist, they will be able to identify what, you know, what's wrong or what you're trying to head towards and then work with you on that. And it's okay to be silent in therapy because silence is good. It's reflection. It's you, you know, thinking about, you know, what's going on and internalizing what you're talking about. However, I would urge anyone, if you go to therapy, don't just sit for five, six, seven sessions in silence saying one or two things. You have to be ready because when you allow your therapist in, only then can she or he identify those things that need working on. And, it only enhances the therapeutic relationship to be able to both of you, you know, pinpoint what's there, what needs work. Um, so I'll say just expect, but expect good things at the end of it, because if you're mm. truly ready, results will come. Girl, after the year we just had, I know as an entrepreneur and a leader, things got real lonely, really fast uncertainty has become the order of the day and yet we must continue to not only survive but thrive so as a leader who do you turn to to fill your cup to give you inspiration to teach you and to mentor you we have created a community just for this very reason to support each other to hold each other accountable and to be each other's cheerleaders this group is called the africana women visionaries because we're looking past the storm and are focused on the vision we have for our companies and the african continent Join the Africana Women Visionaries free Facebook group to learn more. Now back to the conversation. Will the therapist give you advice or will they just listen to you? Um, so will the therapist give you advice? No, therapists are not there to give you advice. Um, therapy is more about helping you or enabling you to mm-hmm. find the tools within yourself to work on the things that you want to work on so let's say you want to work on um bettering yourself your therapy won't therapist won't say to you in order to better yourself you said you like eating chocolate and ice cream go home tonight have some chocolate and ice cream and watch a movie that's just a simple example obviously the therapist will say what do you feel um you know could better you what could you feel what what things do you find that you enjoy doing what makes your heart happy and from you saying those things the therapist might say Okay, so what do you think you could do about it? And then the work is supposed to come from you. So if I'm telling you what to do, it's possibly just the things that I would do for myself or the things that I want you to do, but there's no results that will come out of that because it's not coming from you. Um, And and on top of that, just to say, it's not um, necessarily that um, a therapist will only listen to what's coming from you. Therapists we work in, I'm an integrative therapist, so I work with different types of approaches. So I might be able to um, say, okay, a lot of her trauma is coming from her childhood. Therefore, I need to work in a psychodynamic way 
psychodynamic ways to help you to pinpoint or to find out which things from your past are actually affecting you today. And then we can slowly start to, you know, peel off the things from that to get to a point of what can we do to change that. Okay. So I guess, how does one find a, a therapist? Like, what would be your tips in finding a good therapist? Okay, so my tips to begin with, my most important tip is know what you're going for. Know what your presenting issue is. And like I said, you can go with the presenting issue of stress and find out that later on it's not stress. It's actually something like OCD that needs a specific type of therapy like CBT, which is very focused on a particular problem and how to you know, work with that. Um, I would say find someone who's um, trained in that field as well. Cause, and don't be... It's very easy, I found, for people to go to a therapist and just give up very quickly because, oh, I don't think it will work out. Um, it's mm. the preconceived views, the, the judgments. When you go to a therapist, you're not looking for a friend. You're not looking for somebody that you click with. You're not looking for somebody that's like dresses the way you dress and understands your lingo. No, you're looking for somebody that will actually work with you on your presenting issue. So my two things are finding someone that's trained in that field because not all therapists are trained in the same field. But also, um, I would say sticking with it. Stick with it for a little while and be very true with yourself. Find out, are you wanting to stop this therapy because you're running away from it? Or are you actually um, ready? Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, find, and with finding a therapist as well, there's so many places you can go. Online. Um, for me, it's the BACP, which is the British Association of Counselling and Psychotherapists. That's a governing body. It's important to find a therapist that is within a governing body because there are so many things mm. out there with everything that are real, that are not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think for me, I do feel that uh, to some degree, um, there are some matches that don't work <laughs> and there's some that do. I mean, personally, I have been to therapy and, you know, I've tried out different people and some just didn't work. And I don't think it's because I wasn't ready. I was, I was ready, <laughs> but that match wasn't the right one for me. Yeah, by all means. And that's why I say that be realistic about why you're wanting to leave therapy or change your therapist. Is it because this person is not the right fit for you? And like I said, it's not about clicking with your therapist in terms of, you know, superficial things like fashion or, or whatever else. It's about truly finding that connection. And I think it's with friends, full stop. You go out, you find a friend and yeah, they're a good enough friend, but they're just not the one, you know, or a partner. Mm. They're just not the one, but I could see myself having a life with them. You want the best for you. So if you're not clicking with your therapist, do not be afraid to move on. Do not be afraid to find somebody else. Um, sorry, I just saw something that says something about this is why black people seek out rather than therapy. Um, I don't well, know what came that. Yeah, the comment before that says the reason for um, so Luki asked about you know whether the the therapist will give you advice or just listen and why she asked or he I don't know um, the reason for asking is because when you're feeling down at times you can't really think and you need advice. Okay, I understand that. But with advice as well, some people give advice that you'll take. Some people give advice that you won't take. Some people give advice that is not necessarily the advice that you want. Some people will say things to you that you want to hear. Um, with a therapist, and I'm not saying it's wrong to go to a pastor. I've been to a pastor. 
by all means, I would go again. Um, I just, and some friends as well will do, say things in your favor. Um, a therapist is impartial. They're not there for you in terms of, I want to just tell you what you want to hear. Um, and the thing about therapy is about you doing the work. And it's very important that you get to a place where you can now function and are able to find the advice within yourself for yourself, as opposed to always leaning on somebody. And it's good to lean on somebody for advice. But when does the advice come from you? When do the decisions you make come from you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like I get what you're saying. But I think maybe someone's question is like, then why am I paying the therapist so much if I'm doing all the work? And why, why would I pay all that money if, you know, like, what are they doing? So what, like, what are the therapists doing? Yeah, and that's what I mean about the therapist. Yeah, and that's, that is a very big question. It's a very big question. But this, this is why I say it's a relationship. And the therapist ha- is trained in having the tools to be able to identify certain patterns of behavior and where these patterns of behavior may stem from. And also just looking back uh, at um, studies of how um, the human mind works and how, you know, life in general can work sometimes. I think therapists, um, and it's hard for somebody to understand without actually having either trained or actually gone into therapy to do the work. And by all means, there are loads of cons people think about. Oh, I'll go because of this. And if I go, you know, I'm paying this money. And a lot of people resent paying a therapist actually, because um, it seems as though you're paying somebody to do, to, to just talk to you. But it's a different type of talking. And also money is a big topic, but when it comes to money, for me, it's like, how much do you think you're worth paying for? It's about you being worthy. Because if you want a nice fancy coat, you go and pay for that nice fancy coat because you're going to wear it and you're going to look good. But underneath those feelings, those emotions are still there. You take the coat off in the evening and you'll still be there. Um, we're paying for a therapist the lasting effects long term so it may take a while to get there but long term I feel like if you've worked um truly on yourself deeply the results will come it's about being patient as well but how much do you think you're worth paying for okay so another question do you think having a therapist that understands your culture helps yeah um I think it does um just because I think like it goes back to the me facing racism in the past as well. I can say I tend to seek out, like I might go, well, I tend to seek out, but I might go to a place where there's a load of Asians in one corner, a load of blacks in one corner, a load of whites in one corner. And um, naturally I'll probably gravitate towards the black people because um, not because I'm racist or I feel like I want to be in that group, just because I'm like, oh, okay, we might talk culture, we might talk food, they might come from where I come from, I'm interested in, you know, we're all in the minority, where might we come from? And I think um, just having somebody that understands you is definitely a good help. And I think um, that those are some of the reasons why people run away from therapy, because they feel like, uh, you don't quite get me. And it doesn't just go with black culture, for example. I dealt with, I um, had a client once who was... Um, an elderly lady in her 80s, um, she can completely just prejudged me because of um, she came in and she thought I was very young. Um, perhaps this cocoa butter is working. I don't know. Um, she thought I was very young and she said, oh, um, well, she was in her 80s and she said, oh, how old are you, dear? 21? 19 and I said no, I'm, I'm, I'm older than that. And then um, she was just very much, oh, so, you know, what, what, 
what experience in life have you had? And she was asking me the questions and it wasn't about the therapy. And actually at that place of, of work at the time, I was probably one of the more experienced ones. Um, and also I was um, somebody who was older than some of the people that may have, you know, dealt with her. But it's very much, um, and also I think for her, I did end up working with her for a few weeks. And for her time and the time that she lived, she didn't think that somebody... I don't know, a young person of an African culture might be able to deal with them. She was very open and very honest um, about it. But those are the, the things that make us run away from therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I guess, how long should therapy last? Because, you know, you hear about people talking about, oh, I go to therapy like every week, like all my life. Like, <laughs> how long should it last? I don't think there's a, there's a how long should it last, but I think it's very important to um, to not become dependent on your therapist. Um, mm. And a lot of people do go to therapy because that is their place of safety, that is their place of solace, where they, you know, have somebody that understands them, has somebody that really, you know, has been there for them, is always going to be there for them, and they fail to let go. To let go. So I think having a good therapist as well is not going to be there just to take your money and say, oh, you still want to come here, keep coming. It's going to be someone that says, okay, you know what, I think we've done some really good work. I think it's time for you to try and, you know, see how you get on going it alone. So it's important for your therapist to also acknowledge. It could be, I normally say with um, sessions, a minimum of six weeks. However, um, just so you can get the work started. And um, it can take up to two years. depends on the depths of your trauma or whatever it is. But I think having a good therapist that's able to say, okay, you know what, I see how much work you've done here. Do you think you can now step out of this and go it alone and by all means you can come back mm, mm, okay okay so um i guess uh, how would you so the the question that we had at the beginning is therapy to do or not to do <laughs> so what would um you know for people that are very resistant to therapy, what what would your your words of advice be? My words of advice, okay, so as I said earlier, I think I didn't get to that. I had written down a few pros and cons um, that I'm just going to look at. So with um, pro, the pros, I think, um, you know, we've got that it's, a, it's an open door. Sometimes you don't have an opportunity to have that open door. Um, it's an opportunity that you know nothing about entering. You just don't know what's on the other side. I think give yourself that chance, give yourself that opportunity, just go with it. There's always a chance you can withdraw from it. Um, so those are one of the, the pros. Another pro is that um, you have an, an opportunity to get into this deep connection with, with somebody that you probably will never have in your life because when do you ever have somebody that you sit down with? I mean, some people do, but very rarely do we go into our deepest and darkest with, with one person who that you know you, you go through a journey and that person understands you fully or at least tries to understand you fully and doesn't judge you or is, is going to be there regardless because you're coming back week after week um mm-hmm. and I, it's not just a paid thing therapists care when i have clients i truly care and before my next session i'll prepare and i'll say you know i want to see this person do better i'm happy when i see results I'm over the moon and when I'm not seeing results, I think what, what's happening? I also review the way that I'm working. Is something not clicking here? And if I felt something clicking, I would say to them, by all means, what do you think this is working? Um, and also um, it helps you to learn to dig deep. Um, this is time allocated only to you. 
um, yes, and with, with the cons, um, I know that it's time consuming, it's costly, um, you're feeling dependent on your therapist. We've obviously covered a few of these things. Um, it's about building trust because, again, you know, you're trusting a stranger, essentially. So there are a lot of negatives and probably more things that seem like a negative than a positive. Um, however, you only know once you enter that door. So I would say if you're feeling like you haven't yet found that person that's helped you through what you've, you're needing help with, and a lot of the times we're complaining about the same thing year after year after year, you're still complaining about this thing. Well, nothing's happening. Just go, yeah. open that door and find it. You don't know what's behind it. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to do therapy but cost is a barrier, then what is what would you advise somebody does? If what's a barrier? Cost. If cost, I mean, there are so many places where there's um, charitable um, therapists. Um, some people have what you call means-tested therapy. Um, I used to have that on for my clients where I'd have certain clients paying what they can pay. Um, this is a time when I was working um, and had a bit more time to include that. In, can you hear me? And I had a bit more time to include that in, in you know, my package. Um, so people who are willing to pay what they can pay. Um, and also, your, it depends on which country you're in, depending on the resources. Like we have the NHS here. Go to your doctor. They can refer you. Um, th there are ways to get therapy. Mm, mm. Okay. So um, how would, how do therapists make you comfortable so that you're able to open up to them? How do therapists make you comfortable? I guess, again, it goes back to that um, connection. I don't think there's necessarily a way we're not we're not taught or trained to say you have to do abc to make this person comfortable everybody is different everybody has their own style it's the warmth that somebody feels that they they can warm to um it's the the relationship um like i said i had nine therapists to begin with some of them yeah probably we just would never have connected some of them i just wasn't ready um but it's just i think understanding that this is confidential and this won't go anywhere um, that in itself, I think, will bring, you know, a bit of comfort because a lot of people don't want their business around. Do therapists have therapists? Yes, we have we, we have supervision and we have therapists. So it's very important for therapists to have. So in terms of like saying everything is confidential as well, we have supervisors. So our, we tell our clients that um, should you bring anything to me that's going to be, you know, to cause harm to yourself or anybody else or a danger, I will discuss it with my with my supervisor and, and I'll have to report it just in case you're in, you know, in any danger. So we have supervisors where we work through things because a lot of things come up for us as well because I'm taking on a client's problems and that may bring up and invoke my feelings and thoughts of things that I'm going through and therefore I need therapy. So aside from a supervisor, I go to therapy in order to work on my stuff. So I'll talk about something, for example, there's um, erotic transference. That's quite a big one. Have you heard of erotic, erotic transference? I, I think I can guess what it is, but anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so this is when, for example, like I said, you and your therapist have such a deep connection. And a lot of the times um, with transference in itself, let's take away erotic. With transference in itself, you're putting on your thoughts and your feelings onto this therapist because um, they're the person that, that is closest to you, that knows your deepest and darkest. So sometimes it can be romantic feelings. 
So that's where erotic transference comes from, where you now start to see this, your therapist as somebody that is, you know, you're attracted to, somebody that's there for you, they care for you, they're the person that you want in your life, but you can't have that because it's a therapeutic relationship. And sometimes that can happen with a therapist as well. They might start to feel that counter-transference where they feel like, wow, we've developed such a deep connection. And that's when if I was feeling that, um, a good therapist won't stop the therapy because they feel like, oh, I'm getting feelings. It's normal. It's okay to get erotic feelings about somebody that you've got to know because it's a two-way thing. As much as you're getting to work with your therapist in and out, the therapist is working with you in and out. So that's something I would take to therapy and um, deal with, with my therapist um, and work through those feelings and those thoughts. But then if, I'm, if a good therapist will be able to identify that in the client as well. Um, and if you aren't able to identify that, you can work with your client through that. Talk through it. Um, so if they do bring it up, you can ask them, what are these feelings for me that you're going through? Do you want to talk to me about these feelings? Um, and then you work through it that way. So instead of running away from that and then getting a, an erotic transference with a different therapist and a different therapist, working through things. So yeah, therapy is very important for both, not just the client, but also the therapist. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for giving us all the wisdom. And I just wanted to ask if you have any final words, any final words of encouragement for people out there because therapy to do or not to do. Therapy for me is a definite to do. And it's not just because I'm a therapist. I didn't believe, truly believe in it at one point, but I've seen the results not just in myself, in others. And I would say with therapy, do it. Just go for it. As I said, it's an open door. And when you're seeking something in your life and constantly seeking and you haven't found it, why not? Why not just try? Just open that door. And if you don't want it, come straight back out of that door. But enter, go through the door, put the foot in front of another. Just try and get those results. So, awesome. yeah. So you are a therapist yourself. How can people get in contact with you? On the BACP, and that's the British Association of Counseling and Psychotherapy. Um, you just um, type in my name, Yuna, and I'm also in Emotional and Mental Justice. So on the BACP website, I'm there to be found. Um, my podcast is Emotional and Mental Justice. So under there, I have my information as well. All right. So do you only work with um, people in Britain or you also do international? No, I do. Um, I work via um, Zoom as well. So I work international. Um, so, yeah, I'm there. I'm open. I'm there to be found. And I'll, in fact, um, I back to the question we had earlier about working with culture. Um, it's something that is um, a passion to me because I know that in Zambia, for example, um, which is probably similar to many African countries, not everybody seeks therapy. Not everybody believes in therapy um, just because of the way that, you know, it is. It's go to the pastor, go to church. Um, so I'm very much open to working with absolutely everyone from everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Yuna. You guys can find her on the, okay, say it again, BCAAP. B-A-C-P, that is the British Association of Counseling and Psychotherapy. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving us information about therapy, guys. Therapy is to do. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> to do. It's always to do. <laughs> so, Yuna, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Okay. How do you feel about therapy now? 
My top takeaway from this discussion is that the answer and solutions to your problems always come from within yourself. However, sometimes you need a guide to help you navigate your way out of your challenging moments. A therapist knows how to do this without imposing their opinions or desired outcomes on you. Most important of all, they keep everything that you say in confidence by law. If you're on the fence about whether to seek professional help, I want you to do this little exercise. Take out your journal or find a piece of paper and pen. At the top, I want you to write this statement and it goes, What is the best thing that could happen if I spoke to a professional about dot dot dot? So insert your topic. I'll say it again. What is the best thing that could happen if I spoke to a professional about insert your topic? And then after that, I want you to list all the answers you can think of. This could include changes to your emotions, your mind, your thinking, your physical body, or how your family and friends will be affected. What would change in your home, your workplace, your environment? Take time to think it through, okay? So please find Yuna on social media at EM underscore justice. Tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast and show her some love. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day by listening to the show. I truly appreciate you. Please help me to get the word out about the Africana Woman podcast. All you have to do is take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your social media stories. Don't forget to tag me at Chulu by Design. I love to see your feedback. Now, you know my playground is Instagram. So if you want to have a chat with me personally, just drop me a line there, okay? Until next week, I want you to remember, know your roots, grow your purpose. This has been a production of Ulendo Creative Media. You can find out more about their services on www.ulendocreative.com.